Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. This is and will be the only place that you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more of your bets in the NFL. Have you ever wondered what it actually means when people say, hey, the public is on this side or the money is on this side? There's no context, but that's what we're here for, to provide context for those numbers. My name is DJ Bianco, and I'm your host of Sharpen the Public. Years ago, I started tracking the public betting numbers for every game in the NFL. I wanted to know, hey, if the public is 55% and the money is 65%, what does that mean? What are the trends for those numbers? If you've ever wondered that, then you've come to the right place. Every week, we're here to recap and preview the upcoming and previous weeks in the NFL. Let's dive into those trends. Welcome to Sharpen the Public. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. As always, I'm your host, Deej, back with my co-host, Andy, here to talk about week 14 already in the NFL. It's kind of crazy how fast it's come along, honestly. But, you know, we're still struggling along. We had a crazy week in week 13 with the the favorites happening to to cover massively again. We'll talk again. Obviously, the yeah, no, it's crazy. The public uh, betting trends have continued to be, I don't know, each week they get crazier and crazier, and I'm excited to get into it all. With you, Andy. Andy, you had a phenomenal week. How 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 are you doing? One of my best ever, dude. Seven and zero last week, which is crazy. But nice. Uh, my first ever two unit play. Unfortunately, fading your boys, um, but it did hit. And Packers uh, money line too. My first plus two hundred hit. So there was there was a lot of stuff going on. I was kind of, I didn't know if me tweeting while tailgating for the Packers and Chiefs game, which Rick and I got to see in person live. Uh, was the smartest idea, but it ended up being a great idea because it went undefeated. So, yeah, um, I I really trusted the Niners in that spot, and the Packers too. It's uh, it was crazy, like one of the coolest sports environments I got to be in. And, and I've been to a Final Four before. Um, I've been to a couple different really cool basketball venues, but as far as like football goes, that was probably the coolest football experience I've ever had. No, that's awesome. I'm glad you got to experience that. One day, I, w- I definitely want to go see Lambeau, and you even got to see like Patrick Mahomes and stuff. I, I-, I oh, wanted yeah. to I bet told, the Packers. I told Travis Kelsey he's a simp. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you really got it. That's your that's your that's your thing to to heckle the the players for sure. <laughs> but I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, the Eagles didn't really do much for me, but I'm glad that the they allowed the over to cash because that's the only thing I played in that game, and that got me to a three and three Sunday. So I mean, not the best week for me, but not the worst either. So. Looking forward to hopefully a better week 14 here as the slate's actually pretty interesting. I think we've got a lot of opportunities to to find some value here. But, I mean, as we usually do here on Sharp of the Public, I want to start start with the public betting trends. Obviously, this week I haven't released a recap episode, which we've been doing for every week this season, but have some crazy travel plans come up. So we're going to recap all the public betting trends here with Andy quickly. And then uh, kind of do the same thing next week. But then after that, we'll be back to normal, especially as we roll into the playoffs. So I'm going to be an exciting couple of weeks here to end our 2023 NFL season. But the story the story this year, Andy, is the public continues to cash. Like, so this week they went eight and five ATS. And, you know, it's part of our discussion every week. And we try to, like, figure out what's going to happen with it. And they, they hit another peak last week with 10 wins. And, you know, they're coming a little bit back down to earth. But at what point do you think we need to say that there is no regression from the public? This is just how they are. This is the, this is their year. I just feel stupid that it's like every time I'm like, yeah, it's about to, it's about to go. I feel like a stock guy or something came out of advice. Um, yeah. And then it's not happening. 
I, I do. I, I still feel that way, though. Like, I genuinely do feel like it's going to regress, maybe not in the sense of like a huge like flip flop of what has happened the last two weeks. But maybe we'll see some like uh, there's 15 games this week. So like a oh, I don't know, like like a seven and eight week or like a six and nine or something like that for the public where it's like, OK, like they had a bad week, but not as bad as how good they were previously. So, um, yeah, I do. I do still sincerely feel like it's going to happen. It's just I'd be lying to you all if I tried to predict when it's going to happen because I keep saying it's going to be soon and it's not. So uh, yeah, I, I think it is still coming though. How do you feel? Yeah, about I'm it? I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I I really do think they, they they go through these like waves of like peaking and then coming back down, kind of like a stock in a way. And I've said it over the course of the year, but I'm definitely gonna over the off season or maybe in a few weeks before the Super Bowl, gonna compile like a, a line graph and and kind of show the the per, how the public did as the year went on, like percentage wise. So we can kind of see like how the peaks and valleys really corresponded to certain weeks and stuff. So I think they're now, they hit a peak last week and they're now coming back down. So maybe like you said, they're going to go maybe even seven and seven and uh, what did you say? 15 games to seven and eight or something like that. Yeah. I think that's very doable, but at this point it's like, yeah, we can say it's going to regress, but we've said that for the last several weeks, and, it, and they continue to surprise people. And I don't know if it's the state of the NFL. Clearly, there's the way the NFL is structured right now is there, there's so many backup quarterbacks. There's lack of scoring. That's why you see such low totals, and it's maybe the reasons that all of the favorites are just – there's just such a gap in, in the levels of the – or the success rates of the team, like the actual how good these teams are, right? So, like, you have the, the top four, top eight that are really good, a bunch of mediocre and a bunch of really bad. So all those favorites are just continuing to cover. And then the public continues to back them because it's like that simple. So maybe we're trying to get too fancy when we say, Oh, this, this is the sharp side or whatever, but very interesting year. And it's, and it's fun to talk about. And it's fun to definitely be the guys that, that, that talk about it every week. So we'll definitely continue to, to, to look at it as we go through, but we can chat a little bit more as we get into the, the general trends. Let's run through, all the week 13 trends still public went five and two on the over two and four on the under a bit of a weird week there for the totals as overs continue to bring themselves back to, to, to relatively even over the course of the year, which is what we saw happen last year. But still, it's crazy to see a week where the public went five and two on the over. They even went three and one, four and one. Wow. Four and one betting 60% or more on the over Andy. Been beating that drum, man. You got to fade when the public's taking the over and you got to tell when they are not. Uh, that, but that's that's kind of my method to the madness with totals, and it's you know what that means though overall is all you do is take unders if you're going to go that <laughs> methodology, and that's what I do. So uh, I don't have a ton of feedback besides that. Yeah, I mean unders this week went two and four, like I said, but two and zero oh, over seventy five percent, and then actually zero oh and four under seventy percent. So weird week again for totals. Money percentage eight and five, sharp differential eight and five. So that's good. Guy Cook trend went two and one. Uh, we've kind of been saying that that will stay consistent and i think throughout the rest of the year that's going to stay can stay consistent eight and five you know good from money percentage and sharp differential as we've talked about you know they've had a bad start to the season they definitely have to have a, a good back end of the season and we saw that last year and i think it's going to continue and we see that in week 13 um money percentage on the over five and two sharp differential on the under uh, sharp differential on the over five and one crazy Money percentage on the unders two and four, sharp differential on the under three and four. So again, bit of an interesting week, but that doesn't mean anything until you talk about all the general trends. So let's get into the the totals to date. Public through week thirteen, one hundred and four and eighty three. 
now at 56% win percentage. <laughs> Holy shit. Absolutely yeah, incredible. It's just, it. I mean, this is something we harped on last week too, but the fact that there are 16, what is it? Yes, 12, 16 games above 500 when they bet above 60% of the tickets, like on a side, is even more crazy to, when you look at it. Like, yes, the public, because when you get into that, like 50 to 59%, it's like, it's kind of a, could go back and forth, but 60 plus are true public sides. And to see them significantly do well, just very, it's crazy. And, you know, we talked about it, but can we say that it's going to turn around? I don't know. Yeah, that's a tall hill to climb. I mean, they have to lose 21 games to get to 500. Or for, yeah, for us, rather, to get to 500. That's, at know, some man. point, we're just going to say, when we go through these games, be like, okay, the public's on it. Let's just back it. <laughs> to undertail it. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> it's something Bye. you will not be doing that with is, is public on totals uh, on the over specifically. 47 and 58 which is a 45% win percentage, which is better, I mean, than, than you know, they've done. because better they than had historical, a, for sure. Yeah, they've had a good week. Last year, they went a 42% win percentage on the over, so a little bit more towards that, and I think that's probably because totals are getting so low, so you're seeing even when you get lower than 42, which is consistently, you know, going to be an under game, that's not so much the case here, but there's a lot of factors. And then public on the under, 48 and 33, which is a... 59% win percentage. So that's a crazy. dub is what that is. That's a dub. <laughs> Absolute dub. Keep rolling through the trends here. Money percentage had a good week, 98 and 89 now, with is a 52% win percentage. Like I said, I think that's going to continue to to improve. They ended last season at 55%, and I don't see them. I, I, I think with so much information now, like so much video, and, and we've seen so many things from all these teams i think people with more money are going to continue to back sides that they trust and you're going to see that record improve over the rest of the year same thing with the sharp differential which is again why we hit that note again a good week for them eight and five and they are 95 and 92 after being even through 12 weeks they're now slightly positive which is a 51 percent win percentage so they also ended at 55 percent last year so definitely keep that in mind um, the big trends there, 26 and 10 from our 10 to 14% sharp differential range, which is actually like it's held its own. Usually when you see these trends start out really good in the beginning of the year, they kind of hold 50-50 the rest of the year. But this sharp differential trend, 10 to 14% this year is actually doing significantly well. What did we call it last? last? No, no, that's, that's, the, that's the under trend. That's the double D trend. We'll get to the that. Double D trend, baby. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, money percentage on the under. 65 and 49, sharp differentially under 86 and 58. That is 57% win percentage and a 60% win percentage. The sharp differentially under is the double D trend between 5 and 19%, which is now 34, 51, and 25. Not bad. Really good. Really good. Yeah, it's a 67% win percentage by itself. Money percentage on the over and sharp That's differentially an insane under. That's an insane trend. That's an insane trend. 51 yeah, so to 25, amazing. we shouldn't even call it. Yeah, that's an amazing trend. It's amazing. Uh, money percentage on the over, 33 and 41, which is a 45% win percentage on the sharp differential over, 23 and 20, finally positive for something on the over, 53% win percentage. So obviously a lot of number numbers there. We kind of talk about these all very often, and I want to start getting into the games here, especially with 
it being a Friday already, but anything that you think of note, Andy, that we haven't really talked about yet or that you want to bring to light? When you, when uh, we my talk biggest about beef this friends. week is that the Colts have moved from underdogs to, I mean, from favorites to underdogs, but I mean, besides that, regarding <laughs> trends, no, I, I don't have a ton to add. Okay, well, no uh, Again, a lot of these I don't tend to speak of too much when we're going through our analysis because it's too early. We are recording this Friday morning, so there is a chance that some of these we can take advantage of where this stuff's starting to take shape, and there's a lot more bets um, that have been placed typically from when we usually record. So there might be some actual items, but t- typically like when we record, there's not enough information to take advantage of these trends. This is stuff that you want to use uh, if you're on the East Coast around 12, like 1230 before like the one o'clock games kick off or if you're on the West Coast, like 8, 830 before or 9, 930. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're I right. Yeah. My, t- my time's all fucked up, but you guys know <laughs> what I mean. Like, it, it's like right, you want to do it right before kickoff. It's essentially, it's like looking at these. Um, yeah. so, and that's, that's why my article is structured the way it is. So like, we can talk about it here talk about the, the overarching stuff and then kind of hit the, the nail on the head for specific games. Um, but as we go through the games here, Andy, I'm going to ask you to remind me to, to talk about how the public does on specific teams. Cause I forget to talk about that every time we go through games and it's definitely something I want to harp on, but I'll with ask. that, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Perfect. With that, let's start with the first game I have on the slate. Texans minus three and a half in New York. Well, New Jersey, whatever we say. When we talk about the Jets, this is an interesting one because the lines moved a lot and, you know, in the Jets' favor. And immediately I want to favor, I want to lean the Jets because if you look at the the Texans, not saying I like them, this, this is a long-winded point, but um, if you look at like the, the Texans' record, they are significantly worse when they play on the road. F- three of their five losses have come on the road, and they just one of those was actually to the Panthers, and they just cannot score as many points. And that leads me to look at the Jets' defense, which is just significantly better than a lot of the things that they've played, especially as of recently. I mean, they they beat the Broncos, but then the the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Bucks, the Panthers. This Jets' defense is going to be one of the toughest ones that Stroud has faced all year. Now we look at the Texans' offense, and it's kind of like, is C.J. Stroud just just that much better than a lot of these teams that he's playing? Like, he's leading the league in passing yards, which is would be the first time anyone's ever done that since 1939. As a rookie. As a rookie, yes. So that's incredible. And then you can even look at, like, the strength of the schedule played. Like, the Jets have played the the number one, like, that hardest schedule as of through whatever week we're in, 13, and the Texans have played the 28th. So... I think this is going to be a bit of a surprise for CJ Stroud, although my harp is how can we back Tim Boyle against, like, uh, uh, yeah, no what way. can they do on offense? What can they do on offense? So right now it's like a pass for me, but I, w- I would only bet the Jets in this game. I don't, I don't like laying three and a half for CJ Stroud on the road, but it's like I, I don't know if I can get behind any anything the Jets do on offense. Uh, I'm actually the other way where – when I, I this was one that I almost took in my early best bets. So I I that my article came out a day late. I went it went out Monday night before the Monday night football game, and those typically come out Sunday evening. And when I was doing my research, it was minus six and a half, and now it's minus three and a half. And when I looked at that yesterday, I was like, "Is Stroud out? Like what happened? <laughs> like how did it move three whole points?" And I mean, Action Network showing that it opened at eight and a half. That's probably from or plus eight and a half. That's probably from the summer. It's just crazy to me that. At one point, this was minus eight and a half in favor of the Jets over the summer. And then they were plus six and a half when I looked at it. 
a few days ago. Now they're at three. Now they're at plus three and a half. I and think the a big thing is the wind backwards, too. even though everyone's taking the Texans. Every, like the bets are at seventy percent Texans, eighty-six percent money on the Texans, and the spread is moving in favor of the Jets. So I think a lot of it is weather. I don't know if you know much about there's a, there's a lot of weather implications this week with a, a lot of high strong winds in the in the Northeast, and there's projected to be sixteen plus mile an hour winds in this game as of right now. So big weather guy here just i don't look at it enough before nfl games truthfully so i, I guess i'm really <laughs> not a big weather guy but i i'm with you i'm gonna stay away that total is freakishly low it went from 38 and a half to 33 and a half and everyone's slamming the under which is a good sign for the under but uh I, i'm with you bro i'm gonna stay away this is one I, i'm glad that i did not end up taking texans or teasing it because what about a lot a lot of lost value there yeah it's gonna be a weird one. Like I, I don't, I just don't know what I can expect from Tim Boyle. It's not like the Texans defense as much, but I think the Jets will be able to, to, you know, put out the Stroud fire for a little bit. But they might score six points, and then the Texans only have to move the ball a few times, right? They're, they're, they, the Jets offense just worries me a lot. But moving to a, a slightly better teams, let's talk about the Bucks plus two and a half in Atlanta. Uh, Tampa Bay currently has fifty eight percent of the bets with eighty one percent of the money on the Falcons giving the Falcons a 39% win percentage. I kind of lean with the the money in the sharp here. I I don't know the first... This might be the first time I've liked the Falcons as a favorite all year. But I feel like these two trend, teams are trending in completely opposite directions. At the beginning of the year, I was kind of high on the Bucks with, with Baker and with their defense. But recently, their defense has really not looked that good. They just barely, barely beat the Panthers, which worries me even though the Panthers were not very not able to move the ball very much. And then, you know, they, they come off losses to, to San Francisco and in Indianapolis. Whereas on the other hand, the Falcons just beat the Jets, a very good defense. Obviously, they only managed 13 points, but they managed to hold them to eight and also beat the Saints, a, a division rival. So now you got the Bucks at home. I think this is just a very difficult spot for this Bucks offense that looks really slow. I think... The Falcons were not able to run the ball at all last last game against the Jets. They're going to be able to do that against this this not so great defensive front from the Bucks. So that's obviously what they want to do with Bijan and and with, with the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands. They don't want him to to, to throw it right. So I think the the Falcons have a, a good opportunity to put up some points against this defense and you know limit the Bucks offense. Yeah, for this one, I'm not going to take a side, but I will be looking at Drake London props. I think he has a fantastic matchup here compared to the wide receiver corner matchup for the Bucks, which is pretty horrible. So, um, again, I've said it all season. I was I was pretty wrong on how um, how many guys with the Falcons would actually show up this season defensively. They did a good job with a few guys. There's a lot of guys that are still shit, but um, there are several they brought in that have been that had been studs for them. So. Props to them, but uh, this game is going to be horrible. I'm not going to, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> and I also just feel like it's one of those situations where we're going to have a, a below 500 record team in the playoffs again. So I would just say I'm looking forward to January when I get to fade them in their playoff matchup because that's, that's how that's going to go. But yeah, again, they're going like, to get like, either I, the Cowboys or the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just think it's going to be a tough one. Like Chris Godwin might have a nice matchup against Okuda, but um, Evans on his side going up against Terrell and Bates, like it's going to be really a tough one for Evans, who a lot of people have finally been giving props to that Evans looking good 
Evans is looking good, which is hilarious because uh, he was good with Jameis. He was great with Brady. And then now Baker's his quarterback, and people are finally giving Evans his props. So um, if it was you, I know you'd be giving Baker his props. Well, no, I, I, we've all known that Mike Evans is why this this offense runs. Like Rashad White's had a had a fairly decent like latter half to the season, but Mike Mike Evans is is the reason that, that they can put up points. Like he makes some great plays. The good thing for the on the other converse side is I think the Falcons defense has really improved over the last couple of games. Like you look at Jesse Bates and he's like making a, such an amazing impact on their secondary and creating havoc and creating turnovers to to why they they are able to, to, to stay in games and, and cover and win especially when their offense is so lacking and that's exactly what we talked about over the offseason right with like the Bengals losing Jesse Bates and the Falcons gaining him so good to see that kind of come to fruition but yeah for this one I'm leaning Falcons minus two whatever two and a half so we'll see what this looks like on Sunday but money right now loves it sharp loves it and that's exactly you know what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast is I still think that it's going to do well over the the rest of the season. So definitely will be see me seeing me on those sides. Okay, moving to another divisional matchup: Lions minus three in Chicago. Chicago as underdogs, seventy three percent of the bets and seventy five percent of the money. Andy, how do you feel about this one? So I went over in my article. I took over forty one and a half, knowing that that total was probably going to go up. It's up to forty three and a half now in some spots. So I feel really good about that. That I got to better number than where it's at now and and i do feel like it's going to keep pushing up the weather the weather's been the weather's been a bit freaky on this one like it was originally supposed to be like 20 mile an hour winds then it dropped to 10 so i'm glad you got it at the best number so like that it's been kind of crazy yeah and like i think too with how the totals have been trending this season was my biggest thing where i feel like the totals have been trending extremely low it's it's been a historical low total year and we thought it was historical last year but this year compared to last year is kind of slapping last year in the face. Everyone's on the under from a money standpoint where 89% is on that number. But to your point, that is because of what the forecast used to look like. I think with these offenses, the Lions match up really well against the Bears from a pass perspective. The one thing I would say that I'm worried about with my over is that the rushing for both these teams is going to match up a little poorly with both defenses because both defenses are great against the run. And that's what worries me a bit, but... Fields has been looking really solid his last two weeks back. And the Lions have also been firing on all cylinders where Jameer Gibbs has more in his bag than just running the ball. Like he's great for those little dump passes or uh, screens too. And I think that's where they're going to absolutely abuse that Bears defense where I think the Lions will definitely carry their end of the deal. We'll see if the Bears can sling the rock a little bit more than they are used to to get there on the total. But that total is so low, especially when you put it in perspective against this season-long totals we've seen. Um, and this is a matchup. We, you and I talk about divisional unders, how these teams know each other so well. You typically see these a lot of these games go under. This is one, uh, I believe it's six out of the last eight. I've got my article pulled up here. Make sure I'm giving you all the right number. Uh, yeah, six of the last eight meetings have gone over 41 and a half. So uh, this yeah. is one where they, they are not shy about scoring points. And just because they know each other well doesn't mean they're not afraid to put some points on the board. So I've got over 41 and a half. What do you have? Yeah. Uh, on an over standpoint, I mean, you look back to, to when they played a few weeks ago and the, the Lions won 20, 31 to 26. I think the Bears played them really well. And that's one of the reasons that wants me to like lean towards the Bears. Plus three and a half. I'm not saying I, I want to take it right now. I kind of like it in a teaser as a home dog. The issue for me from a Lions standpoint is how bad it, I don't know exactly the numbers, but I feel like 
since his time in in Los Angeles, Goff has been terrible out in the elements and out outside. And obviously, the weather is a bit a bit like up and down for this game, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to be great. So that gives me a lot of weary feelings towards backing the Lions, especially on the road in on the division. So I love that you're getting the hook with Chicago here. They've played well as of late, beating the Vikings, you know, putting up 26 against the Lions, beating the Panthers, and then keeping other games close. So, like you said it with Justin Fields, I think they're improving. I think, you know, their defense is also improving. So I want to lean Bears as divisional dogs at home, especially with 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 golf in the in the elements if if there's gonna be crazy weather stuff going on. I don't know how much I feel on the over. I think I, I would have to definitely wait till Sunday. But I like that the the money's back in the Bears as the divisional dog. So I lean yeah. Lions personally, but I see the hook is definitely intriguing. There's some spots you can get minus three, but uh if you can get three and a half, I understand why you like the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh they just like it's kind of like a trending thing. I I think the Lions are the better team, but Bears played them well last time. It's tough to beat your division twice, especially you know, if they play well. So that's how I feel. Let's move to Jags plus three in Cleveland. Obviously, the story here is what's going on with Trevor Lawrence, but right now the public is on the Jags. Or I'm sorry, the public's on the Browns, 59% with the money significantly on the Browns, 88%. So giving them a large sharp differential. It's kind of hard to talk about it because it feels like, like obviously, it looked down. Like if you watch the game against the Bengals, Trevor Lawrence went down like like he broke his ankle, but I think it came out that it was just a sprain, and now he's limited in practice. So I don't know. If he's gonna play, but I think Bethard is like supposed to start. I- I'm not sure. Uh no, yeah, he's gonna start for the next few weeks, I okay. believe. Which okay. is, I should talk about this on the Texans piece. <laughs> there is a way the Colts win the division now, oh, which Jesus. is insane to say because Rick and I both got in on, on Colts to win the division like plus six hundred. That was my initial so, thought when when yeah. Trevor Lawrence went down too. And that's insane to say. And, and I'll talk about it more when we get to the Colts, uh, like my thoughts with all of that. But the Jags did not look very good defensively against the Bengals. I, I, I don't think Browning's that good, and I'll talk about that when we get there. The Browns' the offense just did not stack up like the Bengals does. And in terms of like the Bengals do, does, whatever. Um, they have way more options. Like Obviously, the best receiving core in the league or you would argue Eagles, but I would say Bengals have the best receiving core in the league, as well as the Joe Mi- the yeah, the Joe Mixon piece. So with the Browns, I think Jerome Ford's been pretty solid this season, filling in for filling in for my boy Chubb. And then it's like Amari, like who's throwing to him? I don't know. I, I don't know if Dorian's back or not in this one. I, I need to look that up. Joe Flacco. Yeah. The reason I don't know is because I'm not betting this game, to to tell you the <laughs> truth. Like I I don't want to take the Browns in a spot where I feel like three. I just like with this team that is not very good at scoring points, three feels like a lot, which is insane to say because that's a, such a small spread. But yeah, that is how I feel. Uh, I, I'm not touching anything with this. I think the total is also ridiculous, thirty-two and a half. I mean, we're talking Thursday night football last night numbers right here. Yeah, each. I know, I know. This is an interesting one. I I, I lean. I want to lean Jags, and I want to lean Jags because like the a lot of the better reads I've had this year have come when I've just said, okay, this is the better team. Yes, there's this going on with backup quarterbacks or injuries or whatever, but they are the better team, and that's kind of how I felt about the Bengals last night against the Jags. Yes, 
the Bengals are built to be a better team, not last night, but Monday, than the Jags. And they ended up showing that and beating the Jags with a backup quarterback. This is kind of the converse of that, where the Jags are built to be better than the Browns. And yes, the Browns have a very good defense. However, the Jags still need, the, the, like you just were talking about, the the season's not over. The Jags could very well throw away the division by without Trevor Lawrence, and I, I don't think they're willing to do that. I think they match up fairly well against this defense, this Browns defense, especially with Miles Garrett and his shoulder injury. Like, yes, he's playing, but he barely got any pressures last week. If you actually look at his numbers and you look at the Jags' schedule, they have to play the, the Ravens after this. This is a this is a game you know that they're going to need to win, especially if they want to stay comfortable at the top of the AFC South. So, I think they're going to find a way to do so, and I love that they're they're dogs because I mean I think this line just has really just moved too much. I, I don't know if, if I really believe in Joe Flacco as a three point favorite, especially you know with with how they looked on offense. Yes, they they put the they drove the ball fairly decently, but at the end of the day, they. They still ended up losing thirty six to nineteen. So, I I think CJ Beathard's ass. I I think he's terrible. So I, that that's why I, I'm not as confident in it as you are. But I mean, it is good value to your point. Yeah, I mean, like this was my point with the the Bengals last week. Was like you think Jake Browning's ass, but they just went and beat the Jags. So like, there's the a lot. Of, there's levels to it. Yeah, <laughs> the Jags defense for me. I don't know. I'll talk about it. The state of the NFL right now is just so like. It's so wishy-washy. We have such bad quarterbacks and and such lack of like offense prowess. And then you just look at like the top of the NFL. It's like, oh, the Ravens, the the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys, they all just win. Whatever. Yeah, it's it one is. of the most rough quarterback years, and it's been trending that way for a bit. But I think this draft should help. Where I really like a lot of the quarterbacks coming out of the 24 draft. Yeah, so like what the fuck are the Patriots doing winning last night? <laughs> like what the hell? I don't know. I all yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I am really happy they won just because it, it screws them. I think they might yeah. sell number two though. If not, then they're definitely tied for it. We'll see what the Cardinals do. The ball's in their court now. Okay, let's move to your Colts plus two in Cincinnati. As Andy already said, the line has moved a lot. Bengals started as dogs and now are favored. Yeah, and historically that's not very good. So I mean, before I let Andy speak because he knows a lot more about the Colts than I do. I actually I initially lean Colts, and I'm glad that they're dogs now. So what do you see here, Andy? I see people overreacting so much to this Jake Browning thing. Like This is a huge, 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 huge knee-jerk reaction for what happened on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Bengals are going to be coming in off six days instead of seven, which maybe I overplay that a little bit because it's just one extra day. But for a backup that's still figuring things out, uh, I think that that's a big deal. Also, like the Colts have been so underappreciated all year, and this team is eight and four ATS, one of the best teams ATS in the NFL. They're also eight and four to the over this season. So, if you like points, I think that the Colts are definitely going to hold up their end of the deal here. The Colts have scored twenty points or more in every single game except for the Frankfurt game against the Patriots. Um, I think we need to have a conversation about Shane Steichen for Coach of the Year, and the reason why is because this, like, the defense is so leaky. It is not very good, but the defense has been playing very well in the sense of getting to the quarterback recently, and that's where I give the Colts the edge. The Colts have gotten five sacks, six sacks, and six sacks in the last three games, and the Bengals are allowing 3.7 sacks per game, like their quarterback getting sacked. So in the in their last three games, they're also bottom, uh, bottom quarter of the league in sacks allowed per game. And I do think that because our defensive front is cooking, 
because Jake Browning has a lot of inexperience. Those guys are still figuring him out. When you're when you have Joe Burrow, you're so used to him being your quarterback. You have a really solid relationship with your quarterback. But I think that there's going to be a lot of mismatch in that regard. That our defensive line matches up very nicely against a pretty poor offensive line and has been a poor offensive line for a while. That's why, um, yeah. that's why Joe Burrow's hurt. But with the Shane Steichen piece, like our number one receiver is Michael Pittman and who should probably be a wide receiver too on most teams. Our yep. running back, Jonathan Taylor, has been out for over half the season. And Gardner Minshew cannot throw the ball farther than 10 yards unless it's like three or four passes a game. Like, <laughs> And we are seven and five. Yes, the rec- the uh, schedule is pretty easy, but like we, we need to talk about that this guy is having an awesome season coaching us and getting us to put points on the board. And I just want to say thank you to the Eagles for giving us your guy. Because he's a fucking stud. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 the terrible thing of like the NFL is when you find a really good OC, they just end up being a coach anywhere else. And I loved him last year. Like our defensive coordinator was the issue, Jonathan Gannon. But having Shane Sykin last year is one of the reasons that we were so dominant in, in the NFC and in on offense. But we're definitely feeling the lack of not having Shane Sykin this year with with our OC. But um, moving to the, the to the game, Colts at Bengals. I asked you at the beginning, Andy, to remind me to talk about the public betting trends for each team, and I haven't done that yet. I haven't done Give that yet. Me. However, the Colts are one of the teams that the public least favors. They've they've only bet on them three times, and they are two and one. Yet the the yet the the Colts are eight and four against the spread. So that means that they're six and three when the public does not back them, which is and exactly the public what we is see right on here. The Bengals again, exactly. Yeah, which is exactly what we see here. And then we can look to the Bengals. And the Bengals are five and five ATS, so and the public's about even when they when they back the Bengals anyway. So nothing too too much there. Um, so public betting trends definitely favor the Colts here, which is a good sign. I like the Colts too. I think I I, I think you're right. I think they're putting too much faith in in the jo- Jake Browning show to to say that they should be favored against a really steaming Colts offense and and Colts team in general. Like you've won your last four, like. It's a it's a who's better right now situation, and Gardner Minshew's got all the reps. He's got familiarity with Zach Moss. This is this is a good spot for the Colts, and an even better teaser spot, in my opinion. If you don't love this is them an to, awesome to win. teaser spot, <laughs> this is an awesome teaser spot. Yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm gonna the wait. Jags to take are also the a great t- teaser spot. Yeah, I'm gonna wait to do anything with this one. I think I might tease it on the pod. I actually, I, I probably am. There is a leg later on that we're going to hit at the end of the podcast that I feel like is one of the best teaser legs of the season. Um, and I'll probably end up pairing it with the Colts. I think the Colts went out, right? I, I mean, I don't want to put more on Moneyline. I just, I feel like it's going to move a little bit more because it's moved so much over the last couple of days that I don't yeah. want, I want, I want to wait before I uh, double down on the Colts. And hey, I, I doubled down for the first time this season on the Niners and I'm wanting to doing that. So don't mind doing it again in a spot with my own team that I feel like I know really well. Uh, I touched on it in my article, but I'm six and one either back in the Colts or fading them this season. That's the best team I am uh, betting on this <laughs> season, whether or betting on or against rather. So um, I, I cannot believe that people are putting this much faith into a backup. But hey, we said the public has to regress at some point. Here you go. Here's one of them <laughs> where they're going to regress because the the Bengals are not winning this game. There you go. There's the confidence. Okay. Rams plus seven in Baltimore. 65% of the bets on the Ravens, 67% of the money on the Rams. A large, sharp differential towards LA here. And I agree with it, genuinely. I've been high on the Ravens all season, but 
One thing that I, I don't really know much about, I think it's kind of coming out uh, this week, is Lamar Jackson was surprisingly on the injury report this week, and no one really knows why that's happening. So if you can get the Rams like plus seven and a half right now, I would recommend that if you, you know, are curious about his situation. However, looking specifically to the Rams and the Ravens right now, I think you know the Ravens have, have been one of the best teams in the NFL for a while, and we know that. However, the, the Rams, they're offensively, they, they're really hitting a stride. You know, with Puka and, and Cooper Cup back and Matthew Stafford's health as, as he gains, you know, as he gets more healthy, they, they've been really doing well. It's 36 points against the Browns, 37 points against the, the Cardinals. They barely beat the Seahawks and the loss to the Packers, but like, they're definitely trending in the right direction and seven points to, to a, to a surging Matt Stafford against yes, one of the best teams in the NFL. It seems, seems wrong to me. I don't know. What do you think? I was worried about Puka, but, but he is playing. Uh, it's just a AC sprain. I don't even know what that is. I think it's your shoulder or something, but he's fine. Um, so to your point, they will have all their weapons. Kyron has been insane for them running the ball too. Exactly. His return yeah, yeah, yeah. was was wild. And I think that's a really good call that while a lot of stuff is in limbo with Lamar's situation, seven and a half feels really nice. And the sharp differential tells you that too. There's a 32% sharp differential right now. So typically when you see such a big sharp differential like that on um a couple of days before the games, that will come down where maybe that fits into one of those really nice trends. Uh, I like the five to twenty percent trend, and I think this has one of those has a chance to get there. But we'll see what happens as it goes along. I'm gonna sit this one out. I think I do lean Rams to your point, but um, I want to know a little bit more. I'm not gonna take the gamble that Lamar's out because, to your point, the Rams' offense has looked really good, but the defense is a bit suspect in my opinion. Yeah, I actually really like the uh, the over here. I think, you know, Matt Stafford and his and his experience will be able to to figure out this Ravens defense that's been pretty difficult to figure out all season. I think, you know, with Kyron back and Puka and obviously and all the weapons he has, he'll manage to not pick them apart, but to to drive them enough to keep them in this game, especially within seven and a half, which is why I lean them. But also on the other side of the ball, like you just said, the, the Rams defense is not the best thing in the world. I think the run offense that Baltimore has with obviously Lamar starting it um has a lot of opportunities to to take advantage of you know the defensive front that doesn't really have many you know big names the, I think the the Rams defense has been playing well quietly but this is this is a different test like I, I like that the total is only 40 I think it's pretty low uh, I wonder what the weather is looking like for this one it's probably one of the reasons the total so low yeah I mean it's gonna be rainy 61 and 13 degrees or 13 mile an hour wind so not the best uh weather game for and over although with the way the Rams are surging on offense and how good the Ravens have been I I, I think it has a good chance to go over and also you see a 44% sharp differential towards the over with the public on the under and the money on the over which is not something you see very often and something we saw last year versus this year like overs tend to do a little bit better especially when, when it comes to public betting trends in the second half of the year so I like it uh, I like it a lot okay Moving to Carolina, plus five in New Orleans. This is a bit of an interesting one. Panthers, 67% of the bets, 78% of the money, giving them an 11% sharp differential. Carolina, 
what to say. Like you thought they'd get a bit of a, a jump or something with with the firing of Frank Reich. However, you know they they, they lost to the Bucks. It doesn't. It's it not just his doesn't fault. feel. It, it's, it's not yeah, Reich's fault. No, it's not. It's not, and that's why they shouldn't have fired him. But that's a whole other conversation. Tempers and comedy. These are two teams. These are two teams. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's two. These are two teams that are like so in the dark for me. Like I don't know if I even want to touch it. Total set at thirty-seven and a half. People like the over. I do, I think that uh, Adam Thielen came up on the injury report as well, which is a bit concerning, oh, especially if you're a Panthers <laughs> backer, because it feels like that's the only way that they can get things done on offense. I think uh, Chuba's had a decent year, but the Saints, if they want to win the NFC South, need to keep winning. And you know, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half. Who's to say they can't get there against this bad Panthers team? I'm probably just going to stay away. I really, you can give me the under at any number. I like the under here, and it's thirty-seven moved five and a points. half. It's moved five points, which is insane. I wish I got in forty-two and a half. Holy shit! But it's at thirty-seven and a half now. People are betting the over. Yeah. This is these are two of the worst offenses in the NFL, <laughs> and, and the Panther like Thielen's on the injury report, so he, uh, Bryce might not even have his favorite weapon. We're talking. I mean, like, I think uh, James. I believe James is playing. If not James, the car is still having a horrible season. So I, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the Saints; they're not going to be able to get the receivers the ball. So I really like the. Actually, I'm going to lock that in. I'm going under 37 and a half. I again, wow. both these offenses cannot score points. Um, the Panthers' defense is actually surprisingly all right in a couple of different positions, and I mean the Panthers' defense has a, a few like big names that are stars on on this that side of the ball. Where whenever you hear them heading up to the trade line, I feel like there's always two or three guys that are rumored to go somewhere, but they end up staying, which is uh, great for my hometown team. But the Saints' defense too is going to be very easily going to be able to contain these guys. I touched on it last week uh, when I faded the Saints. That defense has not been up to par the this second half of the season compared to the first five weeks. The first five weeks they are really good. I think they're only averaging um, a few points allowed per game, and now they've been really leaky. But the Panthers' offense is so bad that uh, it makes me really like the under here. So I'll be so, locking that in for one unit. The uh, The Panthers are 2-8 and eight ATS, Andy, and they are the only two wins that they've had have come, or the covers have, that they've had have come when the public has backed them. <laughs> so, and the public clearly of backs course. them today, so... So maybe that Naturally. means the, the Panthers are going to cover, but if the Panthers cover, the game will be definitely low scoring. So your under will be in fairly good shape. I think that'd be pretty funny if they cover and the three times they cover the public saw them because this will probably be the last time they cover. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's not looking too good for them for the rest of the season. I will say I, I do lean them too with how many points. Oh wait, no, you took the Saints. Or you you lean the Saints, right? I lean the Saints, but it's like I don't. Lo- it's like last week. Like it's just a game I really don't want to touch. It feels like it's going to be a three-point game to me, where when I saw it at three and a half earlier in the week, I still leaned it. Um, I'd almost lean money line, where you can almost get them at two to one, just for the value. I it, it, I don't yeah. think that they're going to get their second one of the season, but I do think that it's really good value for what it is. That if I, I as close of a game as um, the line suggests it's going to be, and how I feel about it, when you can get when you know it's going to be a close game and somebody's that big of a dog, I feel like that's always good value. They have a puncher's chance to be able to um, to be able to do something here. I actually found under thirty eight on BetUS, so give me the better number here for my play. Thank you. 
There you go. Love it. Okay, moving to your boy, Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Away favorites in Vegas against the Raiders. Right now, the public is 50-50 on the game. 80% of the money on the Raiders, though. A 30% sharp differential, which I tend to agree with. And... Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on where Josh Dobbs is, are is with with the Vikings. Clearly, both these teams are coming off a bye, so they're both going to have a little bit of uh, information to go off of it. I think the major storyline for this game, though, is Justin Jefferson coming back and how he will be integrated into this new offense with with the Vikings and obviously Josh Dobbs. So, do you have any reads, Andy, or what do you, what do you feel? I'll lead Vikings. I always do. Um... <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> yeah so both these teams are coming off of a bye which is I would um, say is uh, not advantageous to either side because they both have had the same amount of rest and it's two weeks worth of rest I do feel like this Raiders hype train has already died so the fact that the money is on the Raiders I think is very interesting while the tickets are split my prediction and we'll see if it comes true on Sunday um I think the bets are going to start going to Raiders as well. So we'll see if the public is right. We'll see if my prediction is right. There's only 12,000 bets on this so far, so it's hard to say like where it's actually going to wind up because the number is going to 10x by Sunday. I lead, I, I, I lead Vikings here, though. I think the offense is too good for what the Raiders are able to do on defense, and that Raiders offense is horrible where the Vikings have been the Vikings have been so spotty where it's like sometimes it's like, wow, that defense looks pretty good or improved on last year. And then there's other times where it's like, oh, same old Vikings just letting in 30 points. But yeah, we'll, we'll see which version of them shows up. I think the better defensive version will show up because they have more prep. I I, I do really like Josh Dobbs in the spot, though. And I, uh, Justin Jefferson will be back, too. So that, that's also a huge plus. I'd love to see what Dobbs is able to do with Justin Jefferson because he's been on the sideline wearing some – Big ass sunglasses every single week that change. He's always very funny to see on the sideline. I love his look. Yeah, yeah, I did mention that, and that's kind of where I'm curious about. That's that's one of the reasons I'll probably stay away, is because I don't know how much of an impact he'll have, especially against the, you know, the not so great Raiders secondary. The only thing good about it, the Raiders defense is really their their defensive front with Max Crosby. So if they can generate pressure, you know, and get Dobbs to move, maybe he has a little bit of a harder time. But we've seen him really be fine, honestly, under pressure, especially like even in that first game, like he was running all over and still getting things done. So I don't know if like I, I think that I think the the jig is up essentially for for Dobbs. And I mean, we saw that in a loss to the Bears. So I think the the Raiders can figure out how to manage that, especially at home. However, like the recently the way that like things are happening in the NFL, it feels like home dogs are like the worst thing to bet on in the world when historically it's really you know a way better thing to do and favorites have been absolutely killing it and i don't know if i'm reading something wrong or whatever so i have a little bit of hesitation here although i do like the raiders and you know love them even more in a teaser especially with such a low total so that's kind of how i feel i, I I'm, I'm i'm hesitant with what happens with with justin jefferson back for sure move into seattle minus 11 in Santa Clara against the raging red-hot 49ers. 61% of the bets on the Niners, 78% of the money on the Seahawks, 39% differential. I mean, what more is there to say about the Niners and how amazing they've looked as of late? Like, my lean is to be like, oh, I want to take the divisional dog. But, like, 
they the Niners last time they played on which was at Thanksgiving, they clobbered the Seahawks. Like the, the Seahawks needed some some crazy special team stuff to even manage to 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 put up some points. So I don't think Geno's been really good of late. I think the Seahawks defense is is playing pretty mediocre. And now they got to do that. Like I think they're one of the worst tackling teams in the NFL, like the Eagles, and we saw exactly what the Niners could do to a to a team that can't tackle. Like the Eagles could not do anything against the, the Snyder's team last game. So, I mean, I want to lean, I want to lean Seahawks, but I can't get there yet. It's so many points. It is. So That's what I'm saying. Many like points. It's so many points. Yeah, but that's what Brock Purdy. Me. PFF says Brock Purdy has a hundred thirty-one point six clean passer rating. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he is deservedly uh, the favorite in the MVP odds right now. I think with he's like Dak, plus which blows my mind. He's he's tied that, with Dak. That, yeah, that'll be shut down when y'all play them, which we'll get to. But uh, I I don't really have a ton of analysis here because I think the spread's too big to even really consider either way. Like you either feel adamant about oh it's too many points or oh you can't give the Niners enough points, or you're right. like me and it's like fuck that I'm not taking a double digit spread. I I, I I don't know if I've done that this season. Maybe once or twice. I'd have to look. I place a lot of bets this season. <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm completely in the same boat. Like it's just so many points, and it's a divisional team that which they've already played. Like yes, you can say the Niners are the best team in the league, and they are clearly. However, there's so much that goes into these these matchups with game to game, and you know they just saw each other. They they can figure something else out that that we as lowly non NFL people can't quite get and not to say that there there's a reason to them you know keeping this one close but I, I think I don't think the Seahawks get blown out here so do I think they win no I mean the, the Niners are probably going to still win out but I don't know it's really tough to put your money behind 11 points not I, it might not even be tough for some people like clearly what the Niners the Niners are being the public team right now but there, there's a reason I guess so much money right now is on the Seahawks. It's just too many points. Yep, I'm with you. I- I'm staying away for that reason. What great analysis by us. Let's move to Broncos plus two and a half. <laughs> Minimal. In Los <laughs> Angeles to play the Chargers. What is there to say about the Chargers too, Andy? It's like, even with good quarterbacks in the NFL right now, like, not great things are happening. The Chargers offense cannot run the ball at all. And it's 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 depleting the anything that they can do passing the ball and then secondly like all of Justin Herbert's passes are getting dropped by these terrible wide receivers that are replacing Mike Mike Williams and you know Keenan Allen they have to re- like the Bucks do with Mike Evans they have to rely on Keenan Allen and when they're you're so one-dimensional it becomes easy to play and that's why they could only score six points against Bill Belichick and the Patriots and win six to zero so I can't back any I, I don't like the Chargers. I, I like the Broncos plus three. I think they have been playing well as of late. I'm going back to their recent schedule. Yes, they just lost to the Texans, but before that they beat the Browns, they beat the Vikings, they beat the Bills, they beat the Chiefs, and they beat the Packers. They went five and one in their last six. Now they have to play a not so great Chargers defense or Chargers team that is, like I just said, so one dimensional. I think Sean Payton and, and this Broncos defense that has been surging as of late is now the, they were at one point the 32nd ranked defense, now our 25th ranked defense. I think, like I said a couple of weeks ago, that like they were averaging 
the tenth EPA per play on defense now. So I I, I like them in the spot as, as road dogs. Yeah, I took the Broncos on a personal play last week and was let down. So uh, I was undefeated on plays that I actually gave out to y'all officially, but there were some personal ones that I ended up losing. The Broncos was one. But damn it, DJ, I really like them again. I just, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it, this Chargers defense is so bad. And I feel like I've said it so many times, I'm going to say it again. It's like every time you look at this defense, the offseason, it's like, holy shit, they've got that guy. Oh my God, like this defense is going to be so good. And then they either get way too banged up or the vets they bring in underperform. And it's going to be a lot of the same here where I do trust in the Broncos a lot. Let's see if, um, well, it's going to, I think it's moving to minus, or excuse me, it's moving to plus two and a half. It looks like because plus yes. three minus is juiced a yep. little bit in a lot of spots. But if you can find plus three, um, definitely lock that in. I'm going to see, I'm going to look at bet stamp and see if I can. While you find while a plus you're doing three, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock that in officially. Probably. Are you sure? Because the the, the Broncos are four and seven and one ATS. Okay. If we yes. look at when the yeah, public yeah. is on them, public is zero and four backing the Broncos ATS. You're telling me a lot of just that they're due. That's all I hear. <laughs> That's all. I, I mean, hear. you can look at it that way. That's for sure. Let's go to the Charters while you're still looking it's at so that. So juiced. I can't find anything. It's minus one ten. Yeah, the char- the Denver Broncos are not great ATS, obviously, but they're also not great when the money or sharp differentials on them. So tough spot right now, tough spot. But you're not wrong. Yeah, they could be due. Yeah, I gotta I I gotta wait and see if it if it hits plus three at an affordable price, and I'll probably lock that in. But for now, I'm gonna sit and just say I lean plus two and a half. Love it, love it. Moving to the age old. AFC divisional matchup or AFC conference matchup Bills at Chiefs public is split but money loves the Chiefs Bills plus one and a half this is kind of flip-flops it's been two it's been one sitting right now at one or one and a half Bills need to win Andy and the Chiefs are kind of just like floating like their offense hasn't looked great obviously they just lost the Packers will they lose two in a row or will Josh Allen and the Bills find a way to make the playoffs. That's the that's the question at hand. I want to say that the Bills will figure out a way to do it. I think their offense has looked really great as of late, especially, you know, if you look at just specifically Josh Allen and what he's able to do. Yes, they're not they're not necessarily winning games like against the Eagles or against uh the Broncos or the Bengals, but they're they're putting up points. 34 32 20 plus 20 plus like I don't know. I I want to lean Bills. What do you think? I lean Chiefs. Um, Chiefs were two and one ATS off a loss last year. They are three and zero off a loss this year ATS, and I feel like that spreads a little short for how bad the Bills have been this year. I feel like the Bills kind of caught the Eagles at a pretty vulnerable time, and then we saw the Niners pounce on that the next week. I think the Eagles needed that, um, and I think it's going to help y'all to like look a little bit better down the stretch here. Now that you got smack in the mouth yeah and i think the bills caught y'all at the right time where they are we we have to remember what we've seen this team look like in weeks prior and not keep the that image of how they looked against the eagles in our heads the one thing i will say and why i'm not going to bet on this game um is that the bills were off last week so they have two weeks to prep for this one the chiefs are coming off sunday night football hosting in that 4:30 slot 
Um, and I don't know if I really like either side. I, I feel like I may have a stronger feeling about this when I see where some of these trends end up for this game. Some of these high-profile games like this, I tend to rely on the trends a bit heavier than just where my gut is because a lot of the times there's not as much edge that you're getting in a game like this where it is two high-profile teams. And that's why the betting on the playoffs is so hard because Vegas has it down to a science um, compared to like if you go to the the Jaguars and Browns game. like That's a game where there's probably a lot of value because it's hard to handicap a game like that. But this one, there's so much that is known about both teams, especially to Vegas, that we can't even imagine um, where it's a bit harder for us to find an edge. So typically in these high-profile ones, I, I'm gonna, I tend to stay away, and that's what I'm going to do here too. Yeah, I think you make a great point because – like it feels like, I mean, even last week, like with the the Eagles starting out as as favorites and then moving to dogs, they really read everything else that's going on, especially public betting wise, to to get the line to to a spot where, at the end of the day, obviously they're going to profit, but they're not necessarily choosing a side because it, it is such a tough tough game to read. Again, I, I want to lean Bills, but I'm not sure if I can get there. I'll, I'll see if any money comes in on the Chiefs or off of the Chiefs by the time Sunday comes around, but it's it's going to be tough, especially with awful loss. I'm not sure. I can back, like what you said, I think what, what they're 3-0 ATS the Chiefs are against or awful loss this season, so it's just tough to back the Bills in this spot with how they've looked, although I, I want to be there, but not there yet. Okay, moving to my boys, Eagles plus 3.5, again as underdogs in Dallas. This is an exciting one, Andy. Because Eagles obviously coming off a, a big loss to the Niners need to kind of show the show the world that they are not a fraudulent two loss team. Three and a half point dogs. This is the second time they've been dogs all year. Sixty one percent of the buck bets on the Cowboys. Sixty four percent of the money on the Eagles. I think we line up well against the Cowboys. I also like the over here, especially given like the differences between the first game and, and this game. The total, I think, last game in this matchup was like 46 and a half. Now it's 53 and a half. Obviously you're going to Dallas, you're in a dome. I think this game warrants like this kind of high power is going to be one of the best Sunday night football games we get all season. What do you see before I probably end up going on a tangent? What do you see here? Uh, I think CD land matches up really well against your corners on the left-hand side. So Eagles right-hand side. Um, but besides that, the y'all's defense should match up fairly well besides that matchup there. On the other side of the ball, I think that it's going to be which version of the Cowboys defense are we going to see? Because there's yeah. been times where they look spectacular, but I feel like they are prone to uh, taking gambles, and that's where they get bit in the ass sometimes and fall on their face. The the stats, like, so a lot of times what I'll do is I go to teamrankings.com for a lot of my data I use for when I'm writing and stuff. And if you go to matchup, um, matchup stats, it has a lot of the stuff next to each other. So when you see me say this team is X rank or whatever, um, that's where I get it from. And everything says that both of y'all's offenses are going to have a fun time throwing the ball. And that's what scares me on betting on this game. Um, I will give out my lean though. It's just it literally just is deep down in my gut, giving the Eagles a field goal and a hook feels like too much. Yeah. And we've that, seen the Cowboys yeah. time and time again this season not do well in um, the higher profile games when they've had to play better opponents. 
they have fallen short. And I feel like this is going to be no different, even though it's in Dallas. I don't really care if it's in Dallas, to be honest. Like I, um, I feel like they over it's especially when Jerry World first opened up a long time ago. They're horrible at home. That's since gone away, but there's still going to be a lot of Eagles fans there. It's a massive stadium, so uh, give me the Eagles and a lean, but I, I'm not going to take anything. It's the same type of situation that, um. I talked about with the Chiefs and Bills where just feel like Vegas is really good at handicapping some of these games. But, I mean, it's Sunday Night Football. Whether I'm taking it personally or giving an official play, I will have money. <laughs> no, it's going to be a great game. I think this is a must-win, honestly, just for just from a perspective of, like, not playoff perspective, but, like, from team people believing in the Eagles, they have to come out and win. I like the over because I think the middle of our defense, although we, we get Shaquille Leonard, I think, our cornerbacks have been pretty subpar. Our secondary has been pretty subpar. It's been banged up. Our defensive line has been banged up. And, you know, the Cowboys kind of showed that blueprint to to beating the Eagles, kind of like how Nick Bosa said. Although I, I think our offense was a bit stagnant. I, I think the, the Niners defense is a different level than, than the Cowboys defense. I think, you know, Lane Johnson going to be able to handle Micah Parsons as, as he usually does as long as he stays healthy. Giving the Eagles, like you said, a, a three and a hook is just is just too much. Um, right now, uh, I, I want to take the over, but I'm not going to do it. I, I'll wait until see what happens on Sunday, as we usually do. But it's going to be a really fun one. Going to be one of the best Sunday nights of the of the year, especially given the playoff scenarios. Hopefully, the Eagles don't come out short. Although, like we talked about in uh, one of the earlier games, which was it, um, beating a division rival twice, like Lions Bears or even Seahawks, Niners, it, it might be tough for the Eagles to to do it twice, which should be fun nonetheless. Moving to Monday night, we've got two Monday night games, Andy. Titans plus 13 and a half in Miami. Thank God there's two because, I mean, these are two are not great. 79% of the bets on the Dolphins at minus 13 or 13 and a half, 75% of the money, giving the Titans a slightly, slightly plus four. Positive sharp differential. Sharp differential. Um, I know you're. I know you're going to say, Andy, talking about Vrabel as a dog last week. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, uh, don't do it. Don't say I, that. I'm not saying it here. I'm not saying it here. I'm saying last week it wasn't the worst read in the world because the Colts Titans game was kind of back and forth all game. I had the Titans in my teaser that didn't cash because of my second leg, so the Titans did end up cashing in a teaser. But this one's a bit weird. I mean, it's like. Will the Dolphins come out and and show them who's boss? Probably. I, I I lean Dolphins minus thirteen. Like they haven't shown anyone this year that they can't cover these large spreads. Off the bye too. Yeah. Or no. Played, no. I think they played last week. Yeah, they did. They. I was gonna say they murdered the Commanders. Yeah, they they demolished the Commanders That's last right. week. Yeah, that is right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they demolished the Commanders last week with several long plays, explosive plays to Tyree Kill. And the Titans are one of the worst teams in allowing explosive plays. So now they have to go up against Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, a more healthy Devon A. Chain who scored two touchdowns last week. This is just a recipe for disaster for the Titans. And that's why the money in public is all over the Dolphins. Uh, I don't know if you could give me a line that's too big. Like 13 and a half doesn't scare me. Will Levis and this Titans offense is not exciting. Not to say the Dolphins defense is, is the best thing in the world, but it's it's really just their offense. That's why I mean you see such a a forty six and a half total is not is is relatively low. I guess uh, people are just not expecting the Titans to score. So 
people slamming the under 51% of the bets, 83% of the money. I like the under and the Dolphins. Andy, what do you see? I have no play for this. The spread's too large for me. Um, and the total, I feel like the Dolphins would be the only ones kind of holding up their end of the deal here. The Dolphins' defense has looked better. I don't think it's a Super Bowl defense, but I do think it's one of the better ones in the NFL. Um, I'm I'm probably not going to do anything with this Monday night game because I'm way more interested in the, in the next game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll definitely be watching both, but I am very excited about the Packers-Giants game on Monday night more than this one. So, uh, big stay away one for me. My gut says the Dolphins are going to thump them. Titans need to keep losing to get a better pick. I don't even know why they tried against us. And that's all I really got. I have a very small uh, lack of analysis on that game, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it, it, the second game is a little better. Not to say that it's even that much better. Packers minus six and a half. Also in New York against Tommy DeVito and the Giants. What else is there to say? I think the Packers are just like the far better team right now. I like the Packers. I think I, I think they're trending in the right direction. Yes, they're six and a half point favorites on the road in New York, but Tommy DeVito is coming off two relatively good performances. That's probably the peak of what he can do with the Giants. They don't need to win. They like there's no point for them to do anything right now in the NFL. Um I, I think the Packers with what they showed against the Chiefs are really going to be able to stymie the the Giants run game and that's really all they can do the Giants is is run the ball. This is going to be one of the weather games. So you know that's one of the reasons I don't love the six and a half, maybe throw the the Packers in a teaser to just say, okay, they'll, they'll get the win on, on Monday night and move on. But yeah, I don't, are there many reasons to back the Giants here right now? 67% of the bets on the Packers, only 58% of the money, given the Giants a 9% sharp differential with 97% of the money on the under 37, which is crazy. Uh, the wind is set to be 10, 10 miles an hour right now. DJ, the Packers have done it again. They have drafted another quarterback. They have gotten a guy. The last oh, you're officially you're there. To, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in on Jordan Love. Seen it live. He's fucking awesome. I, he's really good. The fan base has bought in on him too. Um, they've all rallied around him. And the scariest part is, and I've touched on this whenever I previewed the Packers on this pod, they've got the youngest wide receiver core. They're all rookies or second years. And They're figuring it out guys, finally. Yeah. Yeah, guys like Christian Watson, Jaden Reed are starting to figure it out. Um, I'm still a little, I need to see a little bit more from Romeo Dobbs personally. I know a lot of people are in on him, but um, I mean, still, they're, they're really, really looking solid. And this Giants defense is not looking so solid. They've been horrible this season. Uh, the Giants overall have been terrible. And I cannot believe that we are being gifted this Monday night teaser piece. I hinted at it earlier that this is my by far one of my favorite teaser pieces, not just this slate, but honestly of the season. So um, I would be a fool not to tease this one, DJ. I am going to <laughs> tease the Packers down to minus half point on that low, 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 low total of 36 and a half. And I'm going to tease my Colts. So I will be officially doubling down on the Colts, uh, getting the Colts all the way up to plus eight against a Bengals team that is going to be letting in a lot of points and is going to be surprised by a Colts defense that has uh, left a lot to be desired in moments this season, but has been getting to the quarterback in a hurry, um, averaging just short of six sacks a game over the last three games. So uh, give me the Colts plus eight and backers down to a pick them or to a minus half. Pick up one and a half units. Sharpen the public teaser, baby. It's back. I love it. Uh, I, 
I'm not going to take the teaser, but I will definitely be having the Packers in one of my teaser leagues uh, this coming Sunday. Wow. Okay. How many games was that? 15? Felt like a lot. 15. This is the final week of the season where there will be bye weeks. Uh, So also final week of most people's fantasy football seasons. If you have a fantasy football season that runs its regular season into next week, then what are you doing? It needs to, (laughs) this needs to be the last week for everybody. So um, best of luck to everyone as they try to make the playoffs or defend their seating or uh, rally up for next year. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, this is this is going to be we're getting into a nice home stretch here for the NFL. I mean, we've had a lot of things happen. We've got a lot of data to to kind of back off or to 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 make our bets off of. We've got some leans. Hopefully, I can get on the right side of 500. It's been a couple bad weeks for me, but you've had you've been keeping the the viewers alive. So, I'm I'm happy that you're having a few good weeks here too. So, I was going to say you had a bad week, then you had a midweek. That means you're going to have a really good week in week 14. I I'm I'm confident we talk in that. About it. So, I'm hoping that I can do. I can keep the ship, uh, keep the ship upright. I've given out four plays now. I got two two bets on the early best bets article on Happy Hour. One has had some positive CLV. The Colts, on the other hand, not positive CLV, and that's why we double down, folks. So uh, I can't wait. I think the Colts <laughs> are going to stomp them. And Shane Steichen, coach of the year. I need to find those odds. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should give that out next time around because I feel like those odds are probably not too bad. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. As always, we appreciate your support, guys. Thank you so much for checking us out. This is Sharp in the Public, the only sports betting podcast focused on leveraging public betting information. Andy and I are here every week, Friday, breaking down the slate, breaking down the trends, talking about nuances and and how specific teams do on when the public backs them, all the fun stuff that is related to public betting trends. We appreciate all the support, as always, on Twitter, Reddit, especially YouTube. Keep the comments, keep, keep, uh, keep the subscribers coming. Hopefully we can continue to grow that platform as well. Andy, anything else from you before we head out? That's all I got. Appreciate you, brother. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, as always. Uh, well, not as always. So next week is going to be another different week because I'm traveling again. No recap episode. Just put that in mind. Article still out as normal. Andy and I will still figure out a way to to record and get the podcast out next week as usual. But keep look keep look out for Twitter for any updates that you need at DJH Sports or at AndyHH Sports. And as always, we'll see you next time. See you in the article. Big UFC card coming up next week, too, with UFC 296. So we will have the Pilsners and Prelims pod um, out earlier than normal next week, uh, hopefully. If not, then it'll come out on its usual day of Wednesday. But trying to aim to get it out a little bit earlier, and that can kind of fill y'all's void of uh, missing DJ's lovely voice at the beginning of the week. You can uh, fill that void with Rick and I's lovely voices, or lack thereof. So uh, appreciate you all for listening. Thank you for everything. And the boys bet better with beer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sharpen the Public. A lot of effort goes into this and everything we do at Happy Hour Sports. So we would really appreciate it if you would follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with someone who needs to be sharpened because I know those people are everywhere. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next one.